welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I am the partner who heads the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleagues, Danny and Hannah. Hi, Alan. Thank you very much. In this week's podcast, we are going to be discussing London's West End new play by Aaron Sorkin and directed by Barlett Scher, To Kill a Mockingbird. And I'm sure most of you are familiar with To Kill a Mockingbird, the novel written by Harper Lee. But before we get going and start discussing To Kill a Mockingbird, I need to remind everybody that we talk about issues that you may find upsetting. And so now's the time to turn away, because in this particular podcast, we will be talking about the issues of sexual abuse, violence, racism. And understandably, these are often, if not always, distressing issues. So now's the time to turn away. But I'm hoping that you will stay with us. So, as I said, right in the, uh, the very beginning, we're going to be discussing Play to Kill a Mockingbird, which we all went to see the other evening. And we had with us our colleague Kathleen, but she can't join us today for this podcast. So we're going to have to make do with the three of us. So it's interesting that you say, Alan, that most people will have heard mm. of this because actually of the team, 50% of yes. us had and 50% of us hadn't. And the younger two of us being Hannah and myself had actually never, I'd heard of To Kill a Mockingbird, but I, I'd never read the book personally. So going to see it, I, I was quite excited. And I know that you were quite worried about mm-hmm. how the book would transfer into the film. Indeed. Well, is the world coming to? When, you know, when I was at school, To Kill a Mockingbird was compulsory reading and it was O-level days. And I remember for my English O-level, we had to study To Kill a Mockingbird, Julius Caesar and Great Expectations. And I know those books off, I'd like to think, off by heart. But actually, memory can often be not as accurate as um, one would like to think it is, because watching the play, there were certain parts of To Kill a Mockingbird that I'd forgotten all about. So that puts me in my place. So To Kill a Mockingbird is a novel by Harper Lee. Although it was written, I think it was in 1960, it is set in the mid-1930s in the small town of Maycomb, Alabama. The play, I think, really reflected that. And of course, the 1930s was the time of the Depression and those sort of familiar with those times in the in the United States were only would only be too well aware of how the Depression had an enormous economic impact on the United States and rural areas were very badly affected. And there's some pretty good novels set in that period, but I, I, won't, I won't digress and start talking about um, other novels. So I'm thinking there's um, Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men. Of yeah. Mice and Men. You know, if I remember rightly, I, had, I haven't read that book for quite a number of 
decades, I confess. But again, that's set in the 1930s, isn't it? About yeah, the, you know, the great sort of agricultural depression and crisis in the United States and people literally having to leave their homes, their farms and, you know, travel across the states for work. As I said, digressing, <laughs> and we need to get on with this podcast. So back to the novel and the play. So we've got basically the play sort of narrated by Scout Finch, who is the six-year-old tomboy daughter who lives with her lawyer father, Atticus Finch, and her 10-year-old brother, Jim. During the novel, Scout, Jim, and their friend, Dill, try to make their reclusive neighbour, Boo Radley, leave his house. Boo has not been seen in Maycomb since he was a teenager. Many of the residents of Maycomb are probably best described as racist. And during the novel, Atticus is asked to defend Tom Robinson, a black man wrongly accused of raping a white woman. Atticus takes on the case, even though everyone knows he has little hope of winning it because of the racial prejudice. The reader, and indeed the audience, see the child develop through the childlike eyes of Scout, as gradually both she and her brother learn some valuable life lessons from their father about tolerance, empathy and understanding. So that's a little bit of a, an introduction. So I'm going to hand over to Hannah. What did you make of the play? Yeah, I thought the um, play was really good, actually. Um, obviously, as, as Danny mentioned, I haven't actually read the book, but I, I thought it was a really really good performance and I think really why we wanted to talk about it today is you know it explores many forms of abuse taking place in um, various settings and we get to see that through the perspective of different characters so you know we see themes of sexual abuse physical abuse emotional abuse and neglect. So one of you tell the audience about some of the main characters so we've got Dill, haven't we? Dill is the friend of Jem and Scout. Yeah, so so Dill is introduced as the childhood friend who's staying with his aunt. And so he's quite a likable character throughout, um, jolly. And as as the play develops, and I'm sure the same in the book, we, we get to see that he refers to his father in quite a loving way all the way through. And it's not towards the end that we actually know that his father, he never meets his father and that his mother is, has left him with his aunt while she does what she wants to over the summer and then comes back to get him. And there's definitely elements of emotional abuse there because he's trying to display his feelings and, and he's shut down quite a few times by his mother, who then is clearly found another male partner. And so she's coming to uproot him again to take him along back to the, the new house that she's now clearly developed with a new relationship. Yes, maybe I'm reading, I, I read too much into it, but there's suggestions, aren't there, that this lad, Dill, who is clearly bright, is certainly suffering from, I think, emotional abuse, maybe rejection as well. Effectively, he's dumped by his mother and she comes across as a character who sees him as more of a, a burden and inconvenience. That's what I took. And given that she appears, from my understanding of the story, to have had a number of male partners over the years, there may well have been more than just emotional abuse and neglect. Yeah, I think as well. Well, you'll know because you, you've read the book whether there's more layers to that than what, what the, the play demonstrated. But 
there was definitely a lot of things, I think, as, as the viewer, you could read into with that character. And of course, he's got a sort of insight into the injustice that is being played out in front of him and his friends, Jem and Scout. And we'll come on to that because the two central characters are Tom Robinson, who is the black man, or referred to, I think, you know, and in those days would have been referred to as a, a Negro. And of course, you know, sitting there in the audience and hearing these words in 2023 was quite shocked. 2022, rather, <laughs> I'm ahead of myself. In 2022, it was um, quite shocking. I think they were right to use the language and the words from the 1930s rather than trying to sanitize it because you know, it would have lost some impact. So anyway, we've got, so Tom is disabled, isn't he? Because he can't use is it his right arm. I think his right arm was injured in a work accident, the cotton, cotton spinning works. Anyway, so he's accused by Maella, who is the person who accusing Tom of rape. She lives with her siblings and her father, Bob Ewell, and they are poor. And I think they are victims of the depression. And why don't I let you two explain what transpires about the relationship, for want of a better term, between Maella and her father, as it comes out in the trial when evidence is being heard, because, you know, both of them had to give evidence at the trial. You've given a good overview and as I say for especially for myself and Hannah who haven't read the book so we see this play out that there's lots of information that that Mayala has been sexually assaulted and then she's been beaten up and the, the allegations are that it is Tom Robinson and so as you rightly say Tom historically was involved in an accident which means that he can't use his right arm. So when the possible examination is going ahead, it's established that she's got injuries all over her her neck and her face, basically. So I think as the viewer, we quickly realised that wasn't going to be the case that Tom could have done those things because he, he couldn't have use of his right arm. And so at that point, it was where I started putting the pieces together that something clearly has happened to why she is making these allegations. And I don't know how quickly you thought it, Hannah, but I thought immediately there's going to be some form of sexual or physical abuse from the father of Mayala. And then it all started to fall into place. And, you know, the, the actress that played Mayala did a really, really good job of coming across that she was clearly being almost, I guess, coerced to be in, in the courtroom because she doesn't say very much. The body language that is portrayed by the actress shows very much that her father figure, who was in the play aggressive and deemed to be an alcoholic and, you know, someone important in the society there and was rallying the other farmers around, was bringing this case because he thought his daughter had had sexual relations with a, with a black man and obviously made the allegations that, that it was rape. Yeah, and I think, um, as you say, Danny, like it, the penny sort of dropped as the trial came to an end and you definitely saw themes of victims feeling ashamed, maybe covering for perpetrators, as we saw Mayella was definitely trying to cover for her father, which was really insightful. And I, and I think it was really well portrayed throughout the whole performance. 
Yes, I think for me, she, it was clear that what you had there was the fact that she was a genuine victim of abuse, certainly emotional and physical abuse on the part of her father. Whether it went further than that, who knows? But she was certainly that. And there was one point when she was under cross-examination, that it almost looked as though she was actually going to say, yes, actually, it's my father who's doing these things and not Tom Robinson. But of course, and I think everyone probably knew in, in that society that this was a false allegation, but given the sort of segregated society that they were living in, in those days, you couldn't choose the word of a black man over that of white woman. Well, one of the key things that came out as the, the play went on was that the reason that Tom was at the property was was to help her. And one of the things that he was told not to say was that he felt sorry for a white woman as a, as a black man back in that age. And so obviously as the play continues and he says the reason he does, it turns against him. And if you're still listening to this, we've, we've obviously given you quite a few spoilers. <laughs> now, so, um, Read the book um, or go and see the play. Do both. You know, it, I think that I had almost anxiety watching it throughout thinking you know the, the right thing is going to happen the right thing is going to happen and, and then it doesn't you, you know yeah. he's found guilty I think from watching it you'd think oh gosh in this day and age you would hope nothing like that ever happens it was so clear that he possibly could not have done the crimes that he was being accused of but the truth did come out everyone knew the truth by the end of the trial because that's why Bob Ewell sought revenge on Atticus Finch yeah, so everyone knew the truth. Bob Ewell knew that he had been found out, even though Tom Robinson had been convicted. But the price he had to pay for sending an innocent man to his death was everyone now knew the truth. Everyone knew what kind of man he was and that he was the one who was actually responsible for the pitiful state that his daughter had been left in. And that is why he ends up being killed himself. I think actually, as a young teenager, it would have been quite good to read it at school. Yeah. I'm actually quite sad that we didn't. Well, I think for me, it's a classic educational book for me that gives a powerful insight into segregation, racism, injustice, and so on. And I know, you know, there was calls, was it, was it this year or last year, for the book to be taken out of libraries, I think, because it was sort of seen as, well, this is interpretation through the prism of white people. Anyway, I confess, I don't understand any of that. I just think it's an excellent book and this was an excellent play and you learn a lot. I learned a lot about the realities of the injustices that come with segregation and racism and fear and shame. And, you know, it gives you an insight into why people make false allegations. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's what I, you know, actually really enjoyed about the play. As someone who, you know, hasn't read the book, I thought it gave a really, because, you know, at the beginning of the play, I didn't suspect it was the father. I don't know about you, Danny, but I didn't really think that right at the beginning. So I feel like it gave a really realistic and good demonstration as to how and why people lie and cover up for others and I think the actress who played Mayella did a really good job of sort of demonstrating those emotions you know throughout the trial it, it was really really good and I think realistic. And do you think Boo Radley 
was the hero because he was the one who was effectively in many ways sort of living the life of a recluse and he had a certain stigma about him. For our listeners who, again, haven't read the book, that was the part that I think Hannah and I both found a little bit confusing. And I think you yourself, Alan and Kathleen, probably understood that element a little bit more from the book. But for our listeners, basically, there's a reclusive man who, at the end of the play, the, the children of the, the lawyer get attacked, basically, and Boo comes to the rescue, basically, and saves them from... Mayala's father who you know seeks revenge and goes to attack them and so yeah this character that's basically made it's not been part of the play but it's been referred to lots comes and saves the day at the end and I think both Hannah and I had to think about it a little bit to, yeah. to all fall into place. confusing as but, well. I'm glad you said that it wasn't just me. <laughs> well because part of the story father the lawyer Atticus Finch thinks that his son Jem is the one who has done it but it's quite clear that it isn't, but Atticus is mistaken. But it's you know it's Boo Radley who yeah who was obviously watching out for the children. And that was another layer of the play that that I really liked is that you've got this this lawyer who's obviously always been a stand up lawyer, always done the right thing, and then he believes that his son has killed basically another person and then you have this scene where the the sheriff and the judge arrive at the house and basically say you know oh no he he fell on his own knife he fell on his own knife and then you know we've got this character who's one a lawyer but two the father of effectively the person which who's going to have potentially done it and so you see his moralistic dilemma so that was a really good part of the end of the play as well to see that how that played out but yeah fantastic I would definitely recommend our listeners to go and see it or possibly read the book first if, if you haven't. <laughs> I don't get it for all budding lawyers and lawyers interested in evidence you know it's so easy how what appear to be clear facts mm-hmm. can be yeah. misinterpreted. Yeah completely. Yeah. yeah genuine people for good or bad reasons make bad decisions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so please do go and watch. Yes, there we go. We'll have to go and see another play, won't we? Anyway, that's the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. As always, if you've got any questions, concerns or suggestions for future podcasts, then please do get in touch. So it's goodbye from me, it's goodbye from Hannah, and it's goodbye from Danny. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye, Ellen. Thanks a lot. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.